Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. It is the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. We are live from the Lakeland University Studios offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. The NBA draft commenced last night. Some exciting stuff to talk about. Bochamp going to the Bucks. You got PBJ going out to Golden State. And Johnny Davis heading out to D.C. and joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from NBC Sports Washington is Chase Hughes. Chase, what's going on, man? Not much. It's good to be on with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, just a little peek behind the curtain here, Chase. I am a DMV guy working out here in Milwaukee, so I am wearing a Bradley Beal jersey to work today because I figured I could get away with it (laughs) since they did draft Johnny Davis. That's a Bradley Beal Wizards jersey, right? Not yeah. uh, Miami Heat or uh, <laughs> one of those Photoshop jobs. Yeah, well, let's let's start there. Is he going to be in D.C. for the long haul? Like, where is he going? Or is he sticking around? I think he's sticking around. I'm, I'm pretty certain that he's sticking around. Um, you know, last time we went through this process in 2019, a lot of us were wrong. We thought he wasn't going to sign a deal and that he would uh, sort of bet on himself and try to make all NBA and go for more money like that. But on two occasions in the last few months, he has said publicly that he's leaning towards re-signing. And the Wizards can give him $64 million more than any other team. They can give him a fifth year on his next contract as opposed to four years. So there's a lot of reason to think that he's going to re-sign. And if he didn't at this point, it would be a pretty big surprise. Well, that's good to hear because I've had to try to convince fans out here all the time that Soto's not coming to the Brewers, McLaurin's not coming to the Packers, <laughs> Beal's not coming to the Bucks. so it's good to hear that from you, Chase. Let's get into Al the main... Alto isn't coming either. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Keep all those dudes in D.C. Well, let's get to the main reason that we're, we're having you on today, talking about Johnny Davis. How exactly does he fit in with this Wizards team? You know, we talked about it a little bit here today, and, you know, you've got Bradley Beal on that team, presumably, and then you bring in Johnny Davis. They both more so shooting guards how does he fit in out in dc well the wizards had a need for several guards uh, point guards shooting guards whatever and he i think right now would probably be the second uh, shooting guard on their depth chart right behind bradley beal which is actually a position they've tried to solve for a long time 
Um, they've had a lot of different guys, Austin Rivers, Jody Meeks, Marcus Thornton. No one's ever really been able to hold down that spot. Maybe Garrett Temple, like seven, eight years ago, uh, he did a pretty good job, especially defensively. But they're hoping that Johnny Davis can play behind Bradley Beal as the second shooting guard, and then ideally with Bradley Beal in some lineups, maybe either the one or the three. But I think where he fits, um, you know, kind of setting the position aside, it's just his perimeter defense. Um, they really needed someone who can stop the ball at the guard position, and they're hoping he can be that guy. And also, they really like how he's a, a, a shot creator off the dribble. They need more guys like that. So if he is on the court with Bradley Beal, the hope is that he could take a little bit of pressure off of him on the offensive end. Yeah, and what kind of role will he play right away? Is he someone that they expect to come in and start relatively soon? Is he someone that's going to start you know, only 10, 15 minutes a game and kind of work his way in? How much do you see him making an impact right away for the Wizards? Well, I don't think he's going to start. I think they're going to go out into free agency and find their starting point guard, um, either through free agency or via trade. And that would settle their backcourt. And they've got some wings to start at the three. So I think he would come off the bench and probably be the shooting guard behind Bradley Beal. And as far as minutes, um, I'd say, yeah, they'd probably start him out pretty low, 10 to 15 minutes. I think one thing that's going to be a challenge for him is one of the areas he's got to improve the most is three-point shooting. He was a 30% three-point shooter last year. And that happens to be one of the Wizards' biggest weaknesses. They were 30th in the NBA last year in three-pointers made. Now, they might get better just over time with a lot of their young guys improving as three-point shooters. Uh, Chris Asperzingis was a card at the trade deadline. That's one of the things he does well. So maybe they'll be better at three-point shooting next year, and maybe they can find some lineups that aren't too uh, you know, unbalanced or too um, swung in one direction in terms of guys who, who can't shoot. Um, so that, it's going to be interesting to see how they mix and match lineups. I think ideally they'd have a backup point guard who can stretch the floor, and then that would allow Johnny Davis to play a lot more in the second unit. Talking with Chase Hughes from NBC Sports Washington here on the Fan Afternoon Show, was this the guy that they were looking at at 10 all along? It's it's kind of seemed like they were linked to Johnny Davis all along, but was this their guy that they were pretty much targeting to take, assuming he was there? Yeah, I think so. I think they honed in on him pretty early. Um, he just, if you look at the players in their projected range, was kind of just a, a perfect embodiment of what team president Tommy Shepard has looked for in, in the last three, now four drafts since he took over the front office. Um, he's looked for guys with uh, high basketball IQs, high floors, high character, um, and that have some versatility. And um, previously he's drafted a bunch of wings. That has kind of brought them to a situation where they really needed guards, so I'm not surprised that they went with that position but um, he just kind of fits the mold of the players that they've drafted in recent years guys like Corey Kispert and Rui Hachimura and Denny Avdia players that you feel pretty good about the fact that they're going to come in contribute relatively quickly and probably have long and successful careers but may not be the sort of high risk high reward types with you know athletic potential where you're like well he could be a star or he could be a bust that hasn't really been the type of player that they've gone for. Does Johnny Davis seem like a guy that could evolve into that star? Because, you know, it's been a while since the Wizards drafted a guy that turned into anything spectacular. You know, John Wall and Bradley Beal formed a great backcourt there for a while, but the guys you just mentioned, Avdia, Kispert, or Hachimura, they're solid players, but none of them have really turned into stars. Is Johnny Davis going to be one of those guys that can turn into that in the NBA? 
I mean, certainly the hope is that, but I think if they were trying to really take a chance on a guy who could be a star, they probably would have gone in a different direction. I think this was more about a safe, sound, uh, pragmatic decision where it was bringing in a guy that they feel like can contribute right away and present some upside. You know, maybe he could become a star if, you know, I understand he had an ankle injury a little bit last year. Maybe that kind of hid some of his quickness. He is a pretty quick guy. Um, Maybe if he just becomes a a really well-rounded player, if he's a really good defender, and if his ability to create off the dribble translates and if he can develop his three-point shot, maybe he could kind of round into a star. But um, I don't think that's necessarily the gamble that they were taking here. I think they were trying to find a guy who they knew would be a good player for a long time and could back up Bradley Beal for now. But, you know, he's nine years younger than Bradley Beal, so maybe he could ultimately be the heir apparent at the two-guard position. What concerns did the Wizards have with Brett, uh, with Johnny Davis coming out to D.C.? Is it just simply the you know outside shooting touch, or do they have some other concerns as well? Uh, I think it's the outside shooting touch. I'm sure they took a long look at his turnovers and you know tried to decide whether those were going to be a major problem at the next level, but probably the shooting. I mean, 30% for a, a guy who is now joining a team that's 30th in the NBA in three-point shooting, that had to be a concern, but... I think at the 10th pick, they there was really no one on the board who could both defend and shoot from three at a high level that was worth taking 10th overall. So I don't think they were going to get both of those things in the same player. And they could have gone with a shooter who maybe wasn't a great defender, but uh, like maybe an A.J. Griffin, but they decided to kind of go in the opposite direction and, and focus on their defense. Uh, Johnny Davis gets a lot of praise for his defense. They talked about it a lot last night. And, you know, both are important to competing for championships, defense and three-point shooting. But, you know, I could probably argue defense is the most important thing to winning in the playoffs. Yeah, and part of the reason that the Wizards started out so well last year is that the defense actually improved, and then it took a huge step back, and they ended up where they're at. What are the chances that this Wizards team can improve defensively and get things going and compete in the Western or Eastern Conference again next season? Yeah, that was a huge storyline for them because they had a really good defense down the stretch of two seasons ago. Uh, Russell Westbrook was here. He was the point guard. They acquired Daniel Gafford, and they had like a top-five defense over the final quarter of the season. And then they went into the offseason. They hired Wes Unsell Jr. as head coach. Defense was the name of the game for him. And then they thought they improved their wing defense, and they thought they had a pretty good rotation of point guards who could defend and somehow they got significantly worse they went to as i said 25th in defensive rating so the problem they think that needs to be fixed is at the front of the attack with their point guards and their guards stopping players off the dribble because they've got two rim protectors now in chris Porzingis and daniel gafford they've got some decent wings in that regard and contavious caldwell pope and kyle kuzma and denny obdia but um they're allowing too many dribblers to kind of get downhill so i think they hope that Johnny Davis can be part of that effort to stop the dribble at the perimeter, and then everything else will kind of fall into place. How excited are fans about Johnny Davis? Because I know with some of the previous picks, it's, yeah, he's nice, but nothing too crazy excited about, to, to get too crazy excited about. But Johnny Davis, I think, Big Ten Player of the Year, a guy that you saw play some quality games at Wisconsin, and really athletic guy that I think could turn into something special in the NBA. How excited are fans that he's going to be a Washington Wizard? I think most of them are excited. You know, you're never going to see a consensus, uh, especially on Twitter when it comes to a a sports fan base. But um, the people who were kind of singing his praises, I think, thought that he was the best player on the board at 10. 
And, you know, Bradley Beal said this, even Tommy Shepard said this early, uh, earlier in the week, that they need more guys with, with competitive fire, particularly on the defensive end. And that seems to be an intangible that he has. So I think Wizards fans are excited to have that in the mix. And, you know, the, uh, you know, a lot of them saw him play quite a bit because he was in the Big Ten, and, and a lot of people around here are fans of Maryland basketball. So I think they were impressed with him in that setting. And um, I would say, for the most part, it's been a positive reaction. Last thing here for you, Chase, talking with Chase Hughes from NBC Sports Washington, looking at the Wizards for the rest of the offseason. What kind of moves do you expect them to make, and how good do you expect them to be next season? Well, I definitely think point guard is going to be the first and, and most important priority in free agency. I, I think they're going to address that via trade, um, but we'll see how the market develops. Um, and, you know, if they bring in a good point guard, say it's like a Malcolm Brogdon who used to play for the Bucks, or – um, you know, someone of that caliber, maybe, or Monte Morris of Denver. I think that, you know, they're a playoff team. I think they are. Maybe a lower-seed playoff team uh, if Chris Porzingis stays healthy and if they um, maybe pull off a bigger move than we're expecting for something more substantial, maybe they could move into those middle seeds of the Eastern Conference. But it's a tough conference now, man. Just to get in the play-in tournament last year, you had to have a winning record, so the Wizards definitely have their work cut out for them. Chase, appreciate the time, man. Enjoy covering the Wizards out there. Always enjoy checking out your work out there. Appreciate the time and talking about Johnny Davis joining the Wizards. Absolutely, thanks. Have a great weekend. You too. There you heard from Chase Hughes from NBC Sports Washington. He joined us on the Great Midwest Bank hotline of applying for a home renovation loan. Has you feeling anxious? Breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Today. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on the Fan Afternoon Show. When we come back, we're going to have your chance to win some Summer Fest tickets. So make sure you listen in. Check out our Twitter account at 1250 AM The Fan for your chance to win Summer Fest tickets next here on the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM The Fan. 1250 AM The Fan. It's the Fan Afternoon Show, and I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmidt. It's your chance to win some Summer Fest tickets. Talking about the Milwaukee Brewers, where do the Brewers rank among the top teams in the National League? Call in with your answer, and if you are caller number eight, you will win free, for free, Summerfest tickets coming up this weekend, next weekend, and the following weekend. Again, caller number eight at 414-799-1250, 414-799-1250. Caller number eight will win four free Summerfest tickets for this weekend, the following weekend, or the next weekend. Again, give us a call with your answer to where do the Brewers rank among the top teams in the National League. So we're going to get to see them tonight against a quality opponent in the Toronto Blue Jays. Alec Manoa's on the mound going up against Adrian Hauser. Tomorrow the matchups are Corbin Burns and Yusei Kikuchi. And then on Sunday, the Brewers haven't announced... Who's going to take the mound for them against Jose Barrios? So, going to be a tough stretch here for the Brewers because this is a quality opponent. They rank inside the top 10 in run score. They're ninth at 4.68. They do give up a lot of runs, though, at 4.3 runs allowed per game. That's 17th in the league. They're 39-30, and 30, ranked second in the AL East behind the Yankees, who are having one of the best years out of anyone in Major League Baseball. So this is going to be a really quality test for the Brewers against this Blue Jays team 
solid hitting up and down that lineup. Sam went through it a little bit earlier. You're going to see Vladdy Jr. You're going to see Bo Bichette. You're going to see Matt Chapman, even though he struggled at the plate. Spectacular third base. So you're going to see some exciting baseball, I think. I think these teams are going to be fun to watch over the weekend. You're going to get to see the new uniforms for the Brewers. They're going to debut those tonight. The Brew Crew City Connect uniforms, they're going to rock those. Are they going to be able to get enough against these pitchers too? Corbin Burns is going to be on the mound tomorrow for the crew. And that'll be exciting to see if he's able to get the win. But tonight, Adrian Hauser against Alec Manoa. For those of you that don't know, Alec Manoa is a stud. And he is absolutely incredible. A big dude that was one of their top-rated prospects that has gone about and lived up to the hype. He is someone that is going to be appointment viewing for going forward, and he has been spectacular this season. Looking at some of Alec Manoa's numbers this year, because I want you guys to understand that tonight you're going up against someone who's going to be really difficult to face. A guy who's 6'6", 285 pounds. This season has a 2.0 ERA after coming off a season last year where he had a 3.22 ERA in 20 games. This year, in 81 innings pitched, he struck out 73, only walked 15. An incredible pitcher. Someone that is going to bring the heat. Again, a big dude, 6'6", 285, and he's going to bring it at you tonight if you're the Brewers. So excited to see what he's able to do against the crew tonight and excited to see what Adrian Hauser can do to neutralize that lineup for the Blue Jays. Again, 414-799-1250. Looks like we do have a winner. Caller number eight for our Summer Fest tickets is Reed from Tosa. Reed, what's going on, man? Congratulations on winning some Summer Fest tickets. Oh, thank you very much. That's so nice. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Where do you have the Brewers ranked among the National League's top teams? Well, I kind of like the way you guys uh, have it. You know, top five if you look at their pitching, top eight if you look at their batting and everything else. But I think, you know, coaching's good, good manager, you know. Yeah, where do you see them going this year? I know Bart kind of talked about this the other day, I think, with the same sort of thing for Summerfest tickets. But where... Where do you see this team going? Is it a World Series team? Is it a playoff team? Where do you see this thing ending up? Yeah, I don't know about World Series with the Mets, but uh, you know, when they get in the, I think they'll make the playoffs. And when you get in there, anything can happen. I mean, we've got a great, great pitching rotation, and and that's what you need in the playoffs, right? Yeah, well, they do have the pitching, that's for sure. It's just a question about the hitting. We'll see if he can live up to it. Reed, appreciate it, man. Congratulations. I'll throw you back on hold. Sam will get all your details and uh, get those Summerfest tickets to you. Thank you, and I really like your new show. I like it a lot. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. You heard from Reed. Congratulations to him on winning some Summerfest tickets. Do want to get out to Frank Madden here in just a few minutes, but before that, let's get out to Notebook Mike. Mike, what's going on? Oh, I was hoping to get them tickets. Yeah, unfortunately. Who would you want to go see down at Summerfest? Oh, I wouldn't go. I can't stand crowds. 
Oh. My summer festive. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co-worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. These are over. I, I used to go every single day, but there's too many people, the parking. I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but did you guys take my advice on the softball? What about it? Remember I told you of batting cages? Well, I haven't been able to get out there. I've been busy, but okay. I will have to check it out. Yeah. I hit the ball actually pretty well on Monday. I just... I, I got to work on getting it a little bit better. I Both of them I flew out to I, left, but I hit it pretty well, but I got to get a little bit more pop to it. Yeah, don't try and put, uh, place the ball through the infield or not. Just hit that sucker as hard as you can. I tell you what, Mike, I was really close on my last at-bat. It was a line drive to left field. If I would have caught it a little more off the sweet spot, I probably could have gotten it out for you, but it was just a little bit off the end, so it was kind of just a line drive. You just got to do that range a little bit. Yeah. That's all I really got. I'll let you get some other callers. All right, Mike. Have a good weekend. I appreciate it. You have a good weekend, too. Okay, guys. 414-799-1250. We'll get to some more of your phone calls as we wrap up the show in just a little bit. But coming back here in just a few minutes, Frank Madden from Locked on Bucks will join the show to talk about the Bucks NBA draft next here on the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Toby Altizer, and that is Sam Schmitz. On 1250 AM, The Fan. 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. It is The Fan Afternoon Show here on 1250 AM, The Fan. It's time to get out to the great Midwest Bank hotline and welcome in our next guest today from Locked on Bucks, Frank Madden. Frank, how you doing today? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. I do have to... I checked out your Twitter and I saw that apparently on your last... Locked on Bucks for your pre-draft show. There was apparently a milk discussion. I, I do want to hear about that. <laughs> you know, I, you know, Kane Pittman, who I do the pod with, Kane, Kane's Australian, and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I grew up in Wisconsin drinking milk with with my with my meals, and I made a comment that I'd like to drink milk with pizza, which I realize now is kind of strange. <laughs> and uh, and Kane just Kane just really went at me and. 
And then he brought Eric Name, our friend and athletic beat writer for the Bucks. Uh, apparently, Kane saw Eric drinking a big glass of milk once at his parents' house. So basically, just attacking you know us good Wisconsin boys who who drink milk. So so that, that's the background. I'm just trying to you know, stand up for those of us who uh, who maybe still drink milk. <laughs> My mom is a huge milk drinker, and she's not from Wisconsin, so it's not just a Wisconsin thing. So I think Kane's just attacking us Americans, and I guess we'll get he over is. it. Just, she lived exactly. over in Australia for a little bit, so I'm sure she brought it over there a little bit as well. So I think it goes both ways. Well, Frank, I do want to talk about this NBA draft, and the Bucks take Marjan Bochamp last night out of the G League. Are you a big fan of that pick? Where do you stand on that pick? Yeah, you know, I think before the draft, somebody asked me, like, what, you know, what guys would I was that what I was I most interested in, or was I hoping would would fall to the Bucks? And I kind of broke it up into, um, you know, guys that I thought weren't going to be there anyway. Which um, I thought Jalen Williams, J A Y L E N, since the the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder now have two guys named Jalen Williams. Um, I thought Jalen Williams was going to be gone. I wasn't sure he was going to be gone at twelve. Um, but I just thought he was just a really solid all-around prospect. And, um, again, it came, came increasingly likely he was not going to be available. So I thought, you know, kind of a Jalen Williams and Tari Eason, who also went um, well before the Bucks pick, um, just liked his, his potential. Those were kind of my, like, man, maybe there's some random scenario those guys flip, um, but wasn't really expecting it. And, you know, I thought, honestly, the, the two guys I highlighted as, as guys that I thought would likely be there that, you know, I liked well enough and thought, especially when you overlay kind of the fit and where the Bucks are, um, I had Dalen Terry, who went uh, to the Bulls a few picks earlier, uh, and Marjan Beauchamp, actually. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't say uh, it's a home run or I'm, you know, in love with the pick. I think, you know, I always caution people to just be a little realistic <laughs> around draft time. Um, you know, most of these guys, first off, even even the ones that really turn into players, it's hard for rookies to, to make an immediate impact. So you really have to, I think, temper expectations, especially on a, a team that, has, you know, the veteran talent and, and the ambitions that the Bucks do. But, um, but you know, I think you just think about where the NBA is going, where the NBA is right now. Um, you know, just his profile, 6'7", you know, 205 pounds, 7'1", wingspan. Um, he just profiles as a guy physically, and, and given his kind of defensive mentality and, and the work that, that we've seen him put in, um, just profiles as a guy that, at a minimum, you expect to be able to stay on the floor defensively and hopefully become a very good defender and then, um, you know, personally, you know, a lot of people, obviously, especially with Giannis, are always going to say you need shooting. I- I'm okay rolling the dice a little bit in the draft just because shooting often is one of those skills that, you know, again, certainly some guys um, develop that in college and, and, and they come with a more projectable three-point game uh, already to the pros. But, you know, for the most part, if you want a guy at 24 who's a really, you know, that's a lot of defensive upside and can shoot the three ball really well. I mean, again, you're, you're talking about kind of a, uh, a, a something that you're probably not going to find at that spot. So you're going to have to compromise somewhere. And I'd rather take the guy who's got kind of the physical tools. I think, you know, a lot, hopefully people have a chance to read a bit about his backstory. I mean, he's a guy you can't help but root for. I think he's the guy that, you know, whatever his upside is, I think he'll, he'll get to it just given, um, kind of the work ethic and and the kind of intensity that he plays with. Um, so again, is he ever going to be more than like a, a you know high level role player? Maybe not, but um, but I think he can be a really valuable player, and in particular, a guy that um, that can play in in May and June, which obviously you know that's that's where the Bucks are like, as far as their focus. And you know, again, guys, big men, small guards, you know, those guys may help you at times during the regular season. 
But uh, what we've seen so often is having having wing depth and, and having guys that can really play both ways is really important. And certainly Beauchamp, I think, profiles is a guy who who certainly could do that. You know, maybe not maybe not next year as far as contributing, but certainly down the road. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that I'm interested in, talking with Frank Madden, Locked on Bucks. Follow him on Twitter, at FMaddenNBA, is how much can he help out right away? Because I think that's one thing we talked about this week leading up to the draft is, can the Bucks find someone at 24? You know, they're not going to find the most talented guy. Anybody that you get late in the first round is going to have their flaws, obviously, and they bring in Bochamp, and he struggles on the offensive end, but with his athleticism and defensive ability, maybe he's going to be able to give you something right away. How much do you expect him to make an impact in his rookie season? I would say, you know, I don't expect him to play consistent minutes as a rookie, you know, especially we got, we, we've seen how Pat Connaughton coming back um, I, I think Wes Matthews is coming back that, you know, it seems like both sides want to make that happen. We'll see kind of what the, you know, if he can come back on a minimum or if the Bucks have to pay a bit more than that. Um, but I, I would like to see Wes back. And, and again, you just sort of look at um, that rotation, you know, Grayson Allen, I see a lot of people disappointed with Grayson Allen's second round. Um, but I, I think it's more likely than not he comes back. I think certainly not out of the question that, that they might look to move him, but I don't think the Bucks are, necessarily going to react as, as strongly to that second round performance against Boston as, as maybe a lot of the fan base has. Um, so, you know, again, you immediately have, you know, a number of guys sort of in that, that two, three rotation. And we haven't even talked about Chris Middleton, who obviously we hope is going to be back uh, healthy for the regular season. Seems all indications. Yes. And Drew Holiday, who also can obviously play either back or position. So, um, so it's crowded when the team's healthy, but as we know, you know, things happen during the season. And so, I think as with most rookies, you know, so much of it just comes down to, okay, you know, when do you get your chance to, to get some minutes and then what do you do with those minutes? And, um, you know, I think one advantage he has, I mean, certainly from a prospect's perspective, he's 21 going on 22 later this year. That's obviously not ideal. You'd rather have guys who are younger, maybe have a little more untapped potential, but he's also got a weird backstory. Obviously he didn't play high level basketball, you know, from a college or pro perspective until this past year with the G League Ignite. But, you know, he played G League, right? He's used to, I think, a little bit more of the NBA game. He's played with the NBA three point line, even if he didn't necessarily shoot all that well with it. So um so hopefully that gives him a little bit more preparedness coming in, having that experience, you know, we'll see. Um so again, I think it's really just gonna come down to, you know, does he does it, do injuries crop up? Does he get some some chances to to get in there, and then can he make an impact? And you know, I, again, he, he's a different player from Dante DiVincenzo. Kind of, he's bigger. I don't think he's got the same offensive feel for the game that Dante has. But uh, you know, we saw Dante was in his first game as a rookie. He was the first guy off the bench for for Bud, and it seemed like you know, reading some of the seeing Bud some of the videos from last night. Seems like Bud is a fan, and we know that's pretty pretty critical to getting minutes early in your career. That the coach like you and, and believe in you, and certainly, you know, Bud's the guy that we know values defense. So, um, you know, I think it's just about him coming in, doing the work, showing that he can hang defensively, and then again, probably just a matter of maybe injuries, maybe resting guys at some point early in the season. Maybe he gets a chance, and then what does he what does he do with it? And I think the swing skill is always going to be the three point shooting with him. We know the Bucks always value guys that shoot threes, and Obviously, if he can't hit three-point shots early in his career, that's going to really limit his ability to stay on the floor. So, again, I think as far as making an impact next year, 
um, I think we'll we'll see kind of what happens. But um, you know, I, I wouldn't wouldn't bank on a whole lot. But again, you never know. You never know when guys might pop. And physically, I think defensively, um, he's at least got a chance to compete early. Talking with Frank Madden from Locked On Bucks here on the Fan Afternoon Show. Are you surprised at all that they went with a defensive guy? You mentioned that Bud prioritizes defense, so maybe you're not surprised. But, you know, you have a guy like a Wendell Moore, who I know Sparky really liked. Uh, You have Ty Ty Washington, even EJ Liddell, guys like that that maybe had been projected to be in the Bucks range. They're more known for their offensive ability, but instead they go with Beauchamp, who's more so a defender. Does that surprise you at all? Not really. I mean, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you can come away from the Celtics series. You could have either come away from that saying, man, the Bucks really need more offensive creators, given how bad they looked offensively without Chris Middleton. Or you could have come away saying, man, you know, you really need to have as many wings as you can because teams like the Celtics in particular, just the number of, you know, kind of good wing players with, with Tatum and, and Brown in their case, um, there's just so many good wings in the NBA right now. You just need guys that can at least match up and, and make those guys work for, for their points. Um, so I, I think again, though, it's interesting looking back at, at kind of the recent Bucks draft history, you know, the first couple of, you know, the only first round picks that, that John Horst had Dante and, and DJ Wilson certainly were kind of those like more role player, defensive skewing type guys. Um, but in the second round, they, they've kind of, you know, in the last couple of years, more just been rolling the dice on, on guys that they think just had some skill set and, and mostly shooters, right? You think especially uh, of Jordan Wara and, and Sam Merrill. Um, but, I, you know, again, Mamu last year, also another guy that was much more offensively inclined. Um, so a little bit of a kind of redirection back to defense here in this draft with, with Beauchamp. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think where, you know, where do Mike Budenholzer teams kind of hang their hat? It's always going to be defense. So I'd say maybe they, those, some of those second round picks are, are a bit more out of character for what the Bucks value. They sort of went for shooting above defense. And obviously none of those guys have, have really proven that they can be NBA rotation players. And at this point, you know, I don't know if more is coming back. Mamu, we'll see. He he may not come back. Who knows? Um, and obviously, Sam Merrill's already gone, and probably not really ever going to be a, a contributor in the league. So, um, so yeah, maybe just the Bucks kind of more returning to to kind of their principles. Um, and I think certainly not inconsistent with I think what we think Bud values. And and again, I think it's just more going to be a matter of, of Beauchamp sort of figuring out the offensive side of the ball. Although you know, very good cutter, very good transition player, kind of crashes the offensive glass, got some of those garbage man instincts, which other than hitting three-pointers, I mean, those are probably some of the more important skills that you can have when you're going to be a role player playing on a team with the likes of Giannis, uh, Chris Middleton, and, and Drew. Real quickly, I do want to get to Pat Connaughton and Bobby Portis and their player options, but before that, second-round pick Hugo Masson out of the New Zealand Breakers. Maybe our guy Kane Pittman can give us a little more of an update on him, but uh, <laughs> he's just going to be a stash guy. Any Any thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of funny. Yeah, Kane has seen him play a number of times and, and covered that team. So I was joking that, you know, Basson gets another year of seasoning under Kane's watchful eye <laughs> uh, down under. Um, we'll have to get regular reports from on that. I, you know, I don't know. He, he's a guy who's got deep range, um, certainly has some, some offensive instincts. I think his driving game is interesting. I, I just don't think he's the athlete. He, he's much more like the other second rounders that we've talked about in terms of a guy that has mm-hmm. some offensive upside, but I just don't see him physically having the toolkit to be, you know, a guy that, that really sticks in the league for any, for any extended period. 
Um, obviously, they must like him if they if they kind of went went the effort to to buy that pick and and draft him and and see kind of what he becomes. But I certainly am not uh, penciling in any rotation minutes for him in you know 2023, 2024, or something like that. Um, but you never know. I mean, I think he's 21, if I recall correctly. So um, maybe there maybe there's something there, but uh, but we'll see. So uh, so yeah, but I'll I'll uh, I'll defer to Kane here to keep us regularly updated, assuming he stays in Australia. All right, last one here. Looking at the player options, Pat Connaughton exercises his. He's coming back to the Bucks. Bobby Portis, we still don't know what's going to happen with him. What do you expect to happen with Bobby, and how awesome was it to see Pat back with the Bucks for next season for only, what, $5.7 million? Yeah, I mean, the Pat move surprised me, but then you look at it, um, you know, he becomes extension eligible two years after the, the previous deal was signed, so that's late August um, of this summer. So, you know, clearly that seems like a situation where Pat agreed to to opt in, take less money this year. Because I mean, look, I mean, I would assume he could have gotten eight, maybe nine million dollars in terms of of you know starting salary on a new contract. So he's definitely giving something up. And again, it's not like he's had monster contracts in the past. So I would assume that that they're going to take care of him later this summer, give him an extension. Again, is it three years? <laughs> is it more than that? Pro- Probably not a great idea to give him a lot more than that, given he's uh, 29 years old at this point. But um, I'm sure they will make him whole. And, and there's a pretty big uh, tax advantage for the Bucks this year in terms of, you know, if you shave off $3 million bucks or so, you know, there's about a four times multiplier on that in terms of luxury tax. So you're, you're talking about potentially saving the Bucks, you know, $12, $15 million bucks potentially in, in total cost when you factor in the luxury tax for him just opting in and, and not getting a new salary. And again, they're going to maybe feel that pain <laughs> In a year or two, uh, pay me one mile, pay me later. But certainly a benefit to do that now with Pat, um, which is great to see, right? I mean, just the his you know his contributions the last two years, in particular in that championship run. I mean, you can't underestimate kind of what he did, and obviously for a guy that a lot of people you know were complained very vocally about the previous contract. It's ironic that we're now celebrating him opting into that that third year player option. Um, as far as Bobby goes, he can't be extended in the same way later this summer. So, I mean, he, he has a much more of a no brainer, you know, opt out and then the Bucks can give him a deal that starts at as much as $10.9 million. So other teams with cap space could potentially offer more. Um, honestly, it's probably for the best. <laughs> the Bucks can't offer more money because it sets kind of a, a ceiling on, on that new deal. I, again, I, I don't know that anybody really would want to offer him much more than that, uh, to begin with, but, um, I think certainly like they're going to take care of Pat, you know, Bobby made his sacrifice this year. And I, again, I just assume and expect that they're going to come back and, and give him, you know, if not uh, a deal starting at 10.9, something close to that um, as a means of kind of repaying him for, for the last couple of years, in particular last year when obviously um, he, he definitely sacrificed to, to come back on, on that one plus one. So um, does he get four years, right? I mean, if he, if he goes four years, he could get up to close to $50 million, which is a lot of money for a guy who has had some very good moments in the playoffs, has also had some more anonymous moments in the playoffs. But, you know, again, I think any of us that consider ourselves Bucks fans, I mean, you know, we're going to be Bobby Portis fans for life. So if it has to be four years, I'd probably prefer three. Um, so be it. And, um, you know, we're just going to see hopefully he can continue to perform at, at the level that he has the last two seasons. Because obviously he's been a really key part of uh, the team, especially kind of helping them steady, steady the course in the, in the regular season, especially when Brooke was out. So hopefully Bobby will back, be back as well. I expect that. Um, but obviously he's going to get paid maybe a little sooner than, than Pat. 
Frank, appreciate the time, man, and just know that Sam and I, both being Wisconsin dudes, we're always going to be on your side, pro milk. <laughs> I know. I got to take the abuse so Kane can keep giving us these uh, these Hugo Besson scouting reports. But you know, these, these are the compromises we make. <laughs> appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining the show today. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. There you heard from Frank Madden from Locked On Bucks on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience the state of bankability. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. All right, producing note that probably shouldn't mention, but I was uh, getting our winner's Summerfest info and all that. Uh, I, I missed the first couple minutes of you and Frank. What was that about? Yeah, so I guess on their last show, podcast, before the draft, they were talking about milk and how right. Frank likes to just drink a glass of milk sometimes with dinner. He said he was going to have it with pizza, which <laughs> might be a little crazy, but um, he just enjoys a glass of milk. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think it's wrong. My uh, parents, I thought it was weird at the time, but you know, I didn't really think much of it. He had it with pizza. My parents made me drink you know, milk with like spaghetti. Yeah, he just drink milk, though. Like, right. I guess Kane was making fun of him for it. So. I have to drink like milk and chocolate every night before I go to bed just yeah, because see? I'm a chocoholic. I, I need like dessert or like something yeah, but, before I go to bed. Yeah, but, but just still milk. Right. So, so yeah, we are on Frank's side. We are pro milk here on the Fan Afternoon Show, in case you were wondering. We're on Frank's side. Sorry, Kane. We are pro milk because we're in Wisconsin. Hell 100%. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, we're going to wrap up the Fan Afternoon Show next. 12.50 a.m. The Fan. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. It's the Fan Afternoon Show. We're live from the Lakeland University studios, offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. Earlier, we did some draft mockery. You can go vote on that up at at 12.50 a.m. The Fan on Twitter. Early results are showing that our buddy that goes to Canada, maybe he has a upper hand on us, Adam Roberts, is ahead. I'm kind With of Wayne Gretzky? I think, yeah, that's obviously looking like the one. I probably should have prefaced this on the on the Twitter poll because I thought we clarified it when we were drafting our teams. Like, I put on the poll players that played in Canada or Canadian-born, but I think we were drafting our favorite. You know what I mean? So I think people – because I, I can't fit everything into one tweet. I got to – you can see I got to, you know, cut some stuff. I got to shorten some stuff here and there. So I think leaving the favorite part out might have swayed Adam to have an advantage in this draft. But I don't know. It kind of makes me mad because I stick by my team. If we're talking about you know favorite players watching that played in Canada or were Canadian-born, like give me Paul Milder, the Guerreros, and I guess Pedro Martinez like all day. I stand by my team. Also, I do want to say Kevin Holden tweeted us. Yep. And said, hey, Sam and Toby, so I got a call from a buddy asking to borrow a jersey of mine, and it's a picture of Tim Shea asking to borrow a Blue Jays jersey. Well, of course Holden has a jersey. Holden's got a jersey. He's like you. He's got a jersey for, like, everything. You guys would be best friends. See, we're different, though, because he wears minor league hats. I only wear major league hats. Minor league hats are pretty cool, though. Have they you are. seen some of the teams? No, he's, he's got the best. I remember when I was interning here, he walked in in a uh, – he wasn't wearing a matching hat of it, but he was wearing – this is a jersey story. He was wearing a uh, Bryce Harper San Diego Padres when they had the All-Star Game batting practice jersey that was in the <laughs> UPS colors. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, how can you wear that after he left my team? 
Toby, no, literally nobody cares about your teams. <laughs> aside from your teams are literally the worst. My teams and easy, are literally the worst. Your teams are easily the worst and just easy to root against. You know what I mean? Well, don't even get me started on the Washington football team, Commanders, whatever the hell you call your team. Commies. Right. The Nationals just are after that one World Series. They just suck now and you're wasting Juan Soto's prime. And then on top of that, your Washington Wizards have no idea what the hell they're doing. And now they're about to ruin Johnny Davis, which no, makes a lot of people no, scared. No, they're not going to ruin Johnny Davis. If anything, he's going to get more of a chance with the Wizards. The Wizards have no idea what the hell they're doing. I agree they're just, on that. They're throwing stuff against the wall and hoping it sticks. Do I need to buy a Johnny Davis jersey? You probably should. Wizards jersey? Although, I mean, it doesn't matter because after his rookie contract or the final year of his rookie deal, they'll just trade him. To where? I don't know. The Bucks? Because clearly every Washington Wizard you know, just ends up on another team eventually at some point in their career. I don't think I got your thoughts on this. What do you think about the pick for Marjan Bochamp? I don't know if I can really have a take just because of it's it's a clearly a project pick. So if I, it, that's my we were talking about sport pet peeves a while ago. Like I think ask we did, me in three years. Right. Well, I, I think we were talking sports pet peeves a long time ago for a draft mockery. And I forgot that one to mention it where it's like, you know, when a trade happens, people are like, this team won the trade easily. It's like, you know, four hours after it happened. I think it's clearly the same with like NBA draft picks. After like pick 12, you don't know what the hell you're getting. Mm-hmm. You can guess and you can be excited, which I'm clearly excited. The guy's easy to root for with the story that he has battling homelessness. And then, you know, now he's finally in the NBA and all that. Like, it's a very easy guy to root for in, in Bochamp. But I, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to say, like, oh, big fan of the pick. Because I've done that with the Milwaukee Bucks for like the past five, six years since after they drafted Giannis, and every every draft pick is either like, well, it works out, but then he gets traded, you know, a couple years later, or it clearly was a draft bust, like Thon Maker, Rashad Vaughn, guys like that, Andrew so Bogut, it, yeah, Evan <laughs> Heffelfinger, what was he doing? I knew that was going to be controversial. He, he cost himself with that pick. He really, did. well, his other one too with Day, but um, I mean the Bochamp pick, like. I guess like initial reaction, like I like it, but I don't know if it's gonna be like, oh yeah, this guy we had got we had people calling in today. Let's be like, yeah, this guy's gonna average ten points. Yeah, he's gonna be great. You don't like, know what he's gonna be. Relax, like a lot of these guys for the Bucks, like they don't even sniff a starting road. Like he's not gonna be a starter, that's for sure. But a lot of these guys like are lucky to get bench minutes under Mike Budenholzer. So I like it, but it's clearly gonna take a couple of years to see what we got. Well, so I'm not I'm not like gonna be like yeah. Love the draft pick. We got to so, steal and all that, but I like it. You know. So let let's take like the names out of it because again, like you said, it could be a bust. Who knows? Are you a fan of them going defense over like shooting or shot creation or? Honestly, that kind of surprised me a little bit. I yeah. thought they were, but at the end of the day, like that deep in the draft, like I know Pat Baldwin Jr. is there, but he's injury prone. It's like what? Well, he's if, a. Pro- if you're if, talking about Bochamp being a project, if there was PB a, and J, more my, so than that. My point is, if there was going to be a shooter that deep in the draft, he wouldn't have been at 24. You know what I mean? Because every yeah. team wants a shooter. At well, and that's the, to Frank Madden's point. If you're looking for a dude that can shoot and play defense right. at 24, he's already gone. So it was kind of surprising when I'm reading like Eric Name's article about Bochamp and like all these like weaknesses that he has, and like the shooting is the number one weakness, yeah. like consistency and all that from three. That surprised me a little bit, but then I see some of the tape and like, okay, well, it's there. Maybe they just got to work on something. So I don't know. Yeah. It's been a fun week hanging out with you, Sam. Yeah, Kevin Holden in next week. Kevin Holden, man. That's going to be a fun week for you, dude. Yeah, it's going to be great. Rotating host, Kevin Holden's going to be in next week. Then, what, Stephanie Sutton for a couple of days? Potentially. We're still trying to figure it out. 
Yeah, who knows exactly what's going to happen. That's why you got to keep it tuned to the Fan Afternoon Show. Who knows who's going to be hosting? All you know is Sam Schmitz will be back there producing. It's been fun hanging out with you guys. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Sam Schmitz. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.